something here. Name's Mitch Hanniger. Grew up in uh, Santa Clara, California. Mitch Hanniger in line of the comeback player of the year after two of injuries. Played baseball since I was five years old. Went to college at Cal Poly, got drafted, and then been playing professional baseball ever since. Biggest pitch of the year here for the Mariners. Three and two, bases loaded. C-Shack, the pitch. Base hit left field. Here comes J.P. Bowers scores. J.P. scores. Mitch Heidegger, what a night. What a night. I'm telling you, hey now, hey now, hey now. Mitch Heidegger, wow. A couple years ago, started getting more into barefoot training and wear barefoot shoes a lot and just try to really reestablish a good connection with the ground because I believe that strong feet and strong hips and strong low back and strong core are, are all things that can be improved by being more connected with the ground and, and aware of where your feet are. So uh, as an athlete, those things are very, very instrumental. It, there's a lot more people in, in baseball, especially the, the locker rooms I've been in that are either training barefoot or Vivos are, are kind of taking over throughout the MLB. I think if you fast forward five, 10 years, it's gonna be really, really common. It's, it's very helpful for athletes and for people, even who aren't athletes, to move right, especially as you age. I think it's kind of common in our society. I know I'm probably guilty of this as well in, in certain areas to just wait for something to be a problem before you try to fix it. And there's ways to be proactive and especially with, with your feet, it's, it's uh, relatively kind of easy to just make smart decisions the next time you're shopping for a pair of shoes or just add in some barefoot exercises and go barefoot around your home or in your backyard. I mean, like when I was younger, I wish I would have had a, a company like you guys to, to learn from or be like, oh wow, I'm having foot pain, what can I do to fix it? Welcome to the Restore to Explore podcast from the Foot Collective. We're on a mission to empower humans to restore their natural health and function from the ground up so we can all explore movement and life with freedom and confidence. Mitch, thanks so much for joining us on the Restore to Explore podcast. Uh, we've connected a couple of months ago through Tyson, another baseballer, and uh, yeah, we're really stoked to be able to get you on the show and to hear a bit more about your story. Uh, for everyone who doesn't know you, can you give us a bit of a backstory of who you are, where you're based, and uh, yeah, where did, where did the career begin and sort of take us through the, the highs and lows? Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for having me. So, uh, name's Mitch Hanniger. Grew up in uh, Santa Clara, California. Um, played, high, played baseball since I was five years old. Um, played a lot of sports growing up and then high school, just played football and baseball. Um, went to college at Cal Poly, got drafted. Um, after my third season at Cal Poly and then been playing professional baseball ever since and now currently play for the San Francisco Giants. And um, yeah, I've had a bunch of injuries throughout my career. So always trying to learn about the body and, and improve um, you know, my physical health and the way I move. And um, a couple of years ago, started getting more into barefoot training and, um, you know, wear barefoot shoes a lot and just try to really reestablish a good connection with the ground because I believe that's, you know, one of the places it starts. And, um, you know, the, I, I feel like strong feet and strong hips and strong low back and strong core are, are all things that can be improved by um, being more connected with the ground and, and aware of where your feet are. So uh, as an athlete, those things are very, very instrumental. So you've been in the MLB now for more than 10 years. Is that right? You were drafted back in 2012. 
Um, yeah, so I got drafted in 2012, and I played in the minor leagues until 2016. And then, uh, so this coming up season will be my uh, eighth season in the big leagues. Cool, cool. And and what's that been like? I mean, you know, for me over in Australia, baseball isn't a very big sport, but uh, I guess it's one of the one of the big ones over in America. Obviously, stiff competition. What was it like getting that break? Uh, you know, eventually after playing those junior years and then yeah, making it into the big league. Yeah, awesome. Um, definitely a lot of highs and lows, but you know, been a dream since I was a kid, and I was always just trying to get better. And um, you know, I started to believe in myself more, and my goal every year was just to improve, 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 and um, you know, wound up in the big leagues. And like as a kid, I never thought I'd still be playing today, a kid's game, and um, but super grateful and blessed uh, for the opportunity. And yeah, um, it's a lot of fun, and you know, it's provided. Um, my for my family and it's it's been you know puts food on the table for us and it's um yeah i'm very grateful and blessed so you played a lot of games then because uh, baseball there are a lot of games throughout the season aren't there and, and they're pretty long games as well i mean they must be intense seasons how important is looking after your body through all of that i mean what what sort of minutes are we talking that you're putting into your body each year um, every year it gets more and more just as, as you'll, as you age, as an athlete, you have to continue to adapt and, and get better. So for me, um, I feel like, you know, it's kind of a nine to five job and like my body as well as performing on the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, I try to take time to hang with my family and make, make that a priority. Um, but I'm pretty much working on my body for most of every day of my off season and then my season as well. Um, just cause I want to feel good. And, and for me that requires a lot of work and I also want to perform really well. And, um, you know, not all of it is like physically hard training. It's more of like, there's massage aspect of it. There's um, meditation aspect of it, trying to get your body to relax in certain areas. There's a bunch of different ways and different things that I've um, learned over the years that can help. And I've, been lucky enough to meet a lot of really incredible people and learn from a lot of uh, really smart people and just try to figure out how to take care of my body better. And for me, it's been pretty fascinating. I'm, I'm um, really obsessed with like learning and getting better. And especially with the human body, you know, and just, it's amazing. There's so many different things you can do and it's, it's very resilient. So um, yeah, I'm always learning and trying to explore new ways and have uh, new avenues to improve my body has been, been uh, really fun for me. To play at the top for eight years, I mean, some of the other athletes I've been speaking to, there's there's teammates that they talk about um, who I guess just get through, uh, you know, especially when you're in a season with, with so many games and um, you're playing every other day and, and training every day. Um, yeah, I mean, for you, obviously, it sounds like that focus on just your overall health and, and well-being and mental well-being as well as being key. But, I mean, do you think you would have made it this far into your career if you didn't have that approach? No shot, yeah. Um, like, I've kind of needed to do these things out of necessity to be able to perform well and to be able to feel good. And for me too, it's like uh, I know hopefully my career is just a short time compared to the rest of my life I 
I have to live. I, I hope to live a long life. And I know that for me, movement has always been a priority and I want to be able to play with my kids and play with my grandkids and hopefully my great grandkids. So, um, you know, I see it as like, is work now that I'm putting into my body, not only for my job and my performance now, but also for my future. And, um, that's why I have kind of this obsession with like learning about, um, what can help my body. Cause I think, you know, you only get one and, um, it's really important to take care of it. So, you know, when things do start to break down, whether you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, um, you can make your body work for you longer and last longer and be more resilient. Do you think that is something that's lost on some athletes? I mean, just from what I've seen with, you know, the, the state of some athletes feet, for example, at the very top, uh, I, I understand that there's probably some lack of awareness there about the ability to actually keep that part of your body fit and healthy and, and strong and resilient. But yeah, I, I mean, it sounds, it, it, I get the feeling that there's a lot of players out there that sort of just grind themselves for that, that period of the career. And, and that's the focus. It's like, I've got to stay at the top now and I've got to keep performing without that long-term mindset of, well, what happens when, you know, I stopped playing in my mid thirties or late thirties and what's next. Yeah. I, I think it's more of a problem with, I not only see it with certain athletes, but I see it with just people in general, like general population. Mm-hmm. They're not really thinking like, you know, if you're, you're 30 or 20 and you have a chronic pain right now, like you better start working on your body and start learning about things to, um, help make that pain go away. Cause I've always looked at my body is just giving me a warning sign, you know, like if, if I'm hurting in a certain area, generally for me, it's, it's, uh, I'm usually weak in that area or, or extremely tight in another area that's putting more pressure on that specific area. So I'm trying to find ways to, um, restore range of motion to certain parts and also build strength. And typically those two things are a great way to get yourself out of pain and moving better. Um, but yeah, to your question, I think it's, I think it's just more of our problem throughout our society <laughs> yeah. is being a little too short, yeah, short-sighted and instead of um, long-term. And I think the more that we've learned about um, even just the benefits of like weight training on how you lose so much muscle mass as you age. So um, all the more important to have a, you know, a good little weight training program now to, to help you in your 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Was that mindset a gradual sort of growth or is this something that's been triggered, do you think, oh, yeah, by definitely. specific injuries? Like, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm wondering whether there were moments in your career where things didn't go right. And I guess it was like that, you know, I think a lot of people need that alarm bell or that, that real wake up call to go, hey, I need to start looking after this thing. Yeah, I don't know if I would have had um, my specific mindset from if I didn't have, you know, certain injuries and, um, I had to think a lot more. I've had to, I know how my body feels when I eat and sleep right and don't drink alcohol and, um, do all these things. So I can't ignore it now. And, um, I, it's funny. I've talked with teammates and I'm like, I wish I could, I wish I could like have a bunch of beers with you guys and wake up the next day and feel great. But I don't anymore. I could do that when I was 21 and I can't do it anymore. And, um, I guess I have the awareness of that. And so I just try to make the best decisions to, um, 
help myself because at the end of the day, like I said, I want to play well and I want to be on the field and produce for my team, help my team win. So um, I have to make those decisions. Can you talk me through one injury in particular then that uh, I, I guess sticks out in your mind as, as one of those major hurdles in the career? Um, I, I just think it's always fascinating to hear how, a, how athletes handle sort of major setbacks, particularly when you're at the very top. Yeah, well, I feel like I had um, I had a bilateral adductor attachment pair and back surgery uh, two weeks apart. So basically, sports hernia on your lower core and um, a discectomy in my low back. And I think that those were just a accumulation of um, moving my pelvis just being out of alignment and moving poorly through my right foot. Um, I've had a big bunion on my right foot since I was, you know, probably 16 years old. And that's when I started having foot pain. Um, so I was th like thrown in some pretty crazy orthotics when I was a kid. Um, and then I got rid of those when I was probably 20 or 21 and, and then began slowly getting more into, okay, well, if I build strength around my foot, you know, it should, the pain should subside or at least diminish. And, um, there's a lot of that dysfunction in my right foot from swinging itself. But what I've also realized over the past couple of weeks is working on my right hip is improved my right foot a ton as well. So I think there's a big correlation. Like I do believe it starts from the ground up, but I also think that there's a way to improve your feet by folk, like fixing your hips. Um, and I think both are as equally as important. Um, but yeah, so, so that was, you know, my constantly twerking on my foot when I swing over and over and over um, has, in my mind, has created some of these bunion issues in, in my right foot as compared to my left. Um, but what the, what the interesting is, what makes, always makes me think is when I look at other baseball players' feet, not, not everyone has crazy bunions like, like I do on my right foot. So it's like, okay, maybe, maybe it's just the way I swing or, you know, body's complex. So. I'm still trying to figure out that piece of the puzzle in terms of, you know, what, what might be the root cause of that. But, um, I know that I've, since I've taken some time to focus on foot strength and, um, trying to get all the muscles in my foot's working, it only continues to feel better. And barefoot shoes, you've been wearing natural footwear for a little while. Um, when did you make the switch? What, what made you sort of jump into a pair of natural footwear? And I guess for other athletes out there listening, why, why would you recommend they give it a go? Because it's, it's a tough one. Uh, it's a tough one to sort of broach with athletes who have grown up idolizing the footwear yeah. that they wear based on their sport. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still guilty of wearing, uh, other shoes from time to time, but I try to be in, I, I really like the Vivo barefoot, um, shoes. I, I train in them mostly. And, um, I think I saw a study that it was like, just by wearing them, you gain 40 or 60% foot strength within like six months or something like that. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to, one of my trainers was, you know, really big into barefoot style training and just having foot splay. And then so I, I, I bought a pair and I started wearing them and then I put my foot into like a normal, normal shoe. And I'm like, wow, this makes my foot hurt worse. 
but when I wear my vivos and, you know, my toes can kind of splay a little bit better. Um, I notice my toes feeling better, my, and then kind of up the chain as well, right? Your knees start feeling a little bit better. Your hips start feeling better. Your back feels better. So for me, I just kind of noticed like how it affected my body. And then for me, that was really hard to ignore. Um, and so now, you know, I'll go to certain events or go out and I'll look at my shoes and I've always been like, um, like a sneaker head, I guess I have a ton of, ton of different sneakers. And, um, sometimes I choose to wear the ones that hurt my feet, but most of the time I try to stay in the, in the barefoot shoes. Cause I know it's helping the rest of my body. And, um, I would, I guess I would, what I would say to other athletes is try it out and see how you feel. Some guys, uh, some guys don't need to, some guys, their feet feel great. They function great. So you might not need to, but I found that there was a huge benefit for me. We wanted to take a quick break from the episode to let you know about our ultimate free foot health resource. If you're listening, you've probably already started the journey towards improving your foot and movement health. But if you're still wearing conventional shoes most of the time, that's anything cushioned, heeled, narrow or rigid, it's kind of like taking one step forward and two steps back. Knowing what shoe is right for you though can be super confusing. That's why we made the Guide to Foot Freedom. We've taken everything our team of foot health experts have learned over the years and synthesized it into one handy manual, packed with all you need to know about unleashing the natural power of your foundation. You'll learn how to understand your feet, the truth about modern footwear, the five Fs for finding natural footwear, plus a step-by-step guide with training videos to help you assess your foot function and improve it so you can safely and seamlessly transition into shoes that will finally give your feet freedom. The best part is, like I said, it's absolutely free. Just head to thefootcollective.com and click learn to find the free ebook, The Guide to Foot Freedom. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. And it's it's, it's really just the awareness more than anything. Like you were just describing, yeah, you've got all these other sneakers and even the shoes that you have to wear to play in, they're not necessarily the best things for your toast play uh but they help you play the sport that that you play um and then there's the shoes that you just like wearing because you like the look of them uh and i don't think there's anything wrong with any of that it's it's not like we're trying to vilify all of these other shoes but i think if you're conscious of the fact that even just the difference in the feeling when you're wearing the two shoes like that's half the battle is just to to be conscious of what you've the signals your feet are trying to give you um, and then, yeah, if you're doing your barefoot training and you're wearing your, your Viva barefoot, so your barefoot shoes, um, as much as possible, then there's no issue with, you know, going out for, for a night and, and wearing your favorite pair of sneakers or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, I think that's like, that's just a big point is like, A, you've got to experience it first. And then B, once you've experienced it, uh, your body will give you the signals to let you know what feels good and what doesn't, um. And then it, yeah, right. it's, it's really up to you to sort of, it's like an empowerment model, I think, is like going, well, yeah, your feet actually are trying yeah. to tell you something. And I, and I think you guys talk about, yeah, I think you guys talk about this so well, but like whenever I've had, I've, I've turned, I feel like a lot of people over the last couple of years on the barefoot shoes um, through, in baseball and friends. And what I always tell them too is like, hey, if you just buy a pair of barefoot shoes and wear them 24 seven and make the switch, like you might have some foot pain and knee pain that arises because your body's not used to being barefoot all the time. So there is a transition period and you should try to slowly transition your body into it so that you don't have 
tendonitis start because, you know, your foot's working more than it ever had to when you were compared to when you're in your Adidas and you had no toe splay. And now all of a sudden you're in your Vivos and your feet start hurting more. Like that's common because your body's not used to it. Just like if you had never worked out before and now you start, you do 300 squats in a day, like you're going to be really sore and your body's going to let you know, whoa, that was too much. So I think that's always important to like mention as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe it's a good point then to just describe to people what what a training day looks like for you. I mean, what are you wearing on your feet? What aren't you wearing on your feet? You know, what, what do you sort of do day to day to maintain your, your physical and mental health? Because I think, yeah, it sounds like there's a combination of things. It's not just, just one practice that you've implemented. Yeah, um, right now, my training, there's, there's no like baseball specific activities built in. I'm taking a break from baseball for a little bit. So it's mostly just weightlifting. Um, I really enjoy walking. So I take my dog on long walks. I, I walk to the beach. I kind of hang out for the beach a little bit, walk home. Uh, that's kind of usually like my, my warm up. Um, then I go through some hip mobility stuff and then go through some sled work and then weight training. And that varies, um, daily. And, and then oftentimes, um, you know, when I like pushing the sled, it's, it's a big difference when I'm, I, I never wear, I either wear, um, a, a little bit more padded of a barefoot shoe called ultra. Um, so my foot can still splay and I can feel the ground really well. Um, or I'll wear my vivos and, and do that work. Um, kind of depending on where my feet at, if they're super sore or not. Um, and then when I come inside, I, I've been training out of my garage. I'll just use where I'm at right now. Uh, I'll, I'll either be barefoot completely or I'll be in my vivos. And I think that's a key point is like, don't even actually have to change what training you're doing. If you just change to a shoe that allows oh, you yeah, to no. display and be closer to the ground or you go barefoot, every exercise that you're doing, you'll find you're actually getting more out of your feet from it because they're they're able to to work is that something that you've really noticed yeah and even yeah yeah and then like especially with um lifts like you know a deadlift or single leg deadlift or even any sort of squat or split squat man you you can really feel things working up the chain from you know your lower leg and your your quad or glute when you're barefoot and it just brings like more sensation in for me and it, it makes you feel more stable um and that's just what I've noticed more. I feel like it's form your weightlifting form when you're doing these exercises improves because your awareness improves. Um, and like, that's, that's always a good thing. Have you had any pushback from teammates when you've tried to communicate this sort of stuff to them or what, what's the reception been like? Um, yeah. In the change room. Um, yeah. Some guys are, they, they don't really like believe in it or think it's important and that's totally fine. They haven't, they, most of those guys probably have great feet. They have no issues and their feet feel amazing. So they're lucky. And, um, and then I've had a lot of other guys ask a ton of questions and are open to it. And it, there's a lot more people in, in baseball, especially the, the locker rooms I've been in that are either training barefoot or vivos are, are kind of taken over throughout the MLB as far as what I've seen. And, um, I think it's a good thing. I think, I think, I think if you fast forward five, 10 years, it's going to be really, really common. 
and balance training, I guess, you know, any foot focus training, do you see much of that around the locker room at all? Or is that something you've sort of implemented into what you do as well? Yeah, I'll see that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've tried to, I have a little balance beam that I've messed around with in years past. And then um, you guys were kind enough to send me uh, the cork balance beam. And that thing's a little bit like kinder on the feet. And that's been great. I've, I've, I have a, uh, years ago, I just bought a rod at like Home Depot, like a metal pipe, and I would walk on that. And then I got your guys' like travel ba- balance beam. And then uh, the cork one is probably my favorite. Yeah, cool. And, and so I've been what... trying to add more of those those balancing activities in. Um, I need to get on some sort of a routine with that. I know you guys have the great library, and I was going through some of them and trying to find out which ones I really enjoy doing. But I need to kind of write that into, you know, every other day or every day or whatever that may be. When you were talking about your hips earlier and that integration with the feet, that's something we find, you know, the, the reason, one of the big reasons we sort of promote balance training is just that complete integration of the body and how it almost realigns itself when you start standing on one leg and are on a more narrow surface. From the stuff that you've started doing and, and, and integrated into your training over the years like what what changes have you noticed do you think to your body it's obviously hard to pinpoint what works for what but yeah i mean just in general what what have you sort of felt with your body as you've added all of these extra bits in like i said earlier i think it's like just more awareness Mm. and i think that for anybody in life i mean for me it's like if i'm more aware of my body and, um, it's only going to help you as an athlete. So, um, I think when I was early, younger in my career, I wasn't aware of everything and it was just like, do this kind of do this lift, do that. And now it's much more of like, I'm trying to feel things and I'm trying to understand like where my body's at in space. And, um, I just, I also believe that like, if you can, if you can be better balanced, whatever sport you play it's going to help you in your sport it's yeah i mean we can sing that from the rooftops and in my mind it really is just that simple and it's it's one of these things where like i guess don't knock it till you try it um and really if there is if there is anything else that you can be doing to try and better your performance then then why not give it a go um yeah i i guess i just hope that yeah other athletes get on that that train with you because it is it's it's an awareness thing that means that every movement you're doing you're a little more conscious of of what the body is trying to do and what it's trying to tell you and um yeah also just i think it makes you more resilient like you said in the in the years and decades after you finish playing because that's you know such a an important part of this whole journey is to make sure that and i've always felt that like Sorry to cut you off. No, that's I always felt that like if I'm feeling the ground more and and I'm in the ground, I'm more aware of where my pelvis is, and that's extremely important, obviously for balance, but I think for strength as well. Um, so that's like a big correlation I've seen over the years. Cool, man. Well, what's next uh, for you with the the coming season? Um, yeah, what are, what are your plans with baseball? Have you thought about life after baseball? What's what's the focus with you? Is it family? Uh, yeah, my family, uh, right now, just focusing on my family, my wife's due in a month with our second child. So, 
awesome. excited for that and trying to get all the ducks lined up and house set up and then just increase training as the, as the off season continues to progress, um, get back into baseball stuff and then excited. Yeah. For spring training, um, come around February. So, um, yeah, just trying to get better, always finding ways to improve and, um, you know, learning from people that I have in my circle that have been super helpful for me and just trying to improve and, and get better. Has having, having little ones, I mean, with your second on the way, congrats, that's really exciting. But yeah, has, has having children you. changed your perspective on health a little bit as well, do you think? Like all of these little tricks that you're picking up along the way, uh, while they're great for your body right now, surely it's just giving you this, yeah, this wealth of understanding that you can't wait to pass on to them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, part of why like my daughter has these like princess shoes, little shoes that someone got her in our family. And I, I hate it when she wears them. Cause I just go like, man, this is messing up your feet. But I tried it. She has, she has barefoot shoes and my wife and I are pretty conscious about the shoes we put her in when we go out just cause I know that especially a child's foot with how like malleable their bones are and how they're growing. It's like, that's, that's the most important. And, it's funny with, with kids shoes, most kids shoes are, are shaped like feet. And then I don't know what age it starts being really narrow, but, um, too young. That's definitely a big part. Yeah, I know. Um, so that's definitely a big part of it. And then I hope to put her in shoes that encourage, you know, natural, um, splay and so she can build strength. And then I know there'll be a come time where she's going to want to be in what's fashionable and, I just hope that she has the awareness to feel that, oh man, like this is hurting my feet. This is hurting maybe something in my body. And, um, at that point, like I'm here to help in any way I can, but, um, yeah, she'll have to make her own decisions on what's, what she feels like is important. To be honest, like this whole uh, approach that we're going now with, with getting athletes like yourself on board as ambassadors, I think it's great to spread the word to other athletes and, and try and, you know, I guess, lead that movement from the top. But at the end of the day, if we could just get a lot of athletes to change the footwear of their children or to inspire the athletes that are coming through and, you know, in the coming generations to be more aware, uh, I think that's, that's going to be the biggest success of, of anything that we do. We'd love to make ourselves irrelevant and not have to exist one day. And I think, yeah, I, I think I, it just, it's, it's one of these things where after decades of, of wearing the shoes that athletes wear, their minds can be harder to change. Like I get that. Um, but children are so malleable. And when they look up to an athlete or they look up to a celebrity, uh, they want to mimic everything that that athlete is doing. And if, I think that's, you know, one of the main reasons we've gotten to where we are with the the issues around a lot of people's feet is because a lot of the sports shoes that are out there were designed for athletes like yourself to play their games in, uh, whether it was basketballers or yeah. footballers. And, and these shoes were designed to improve performance in that particular sport, but now they're widely adopted by everyday people to wear, you know, most of the time yeah. they're wearing shoes. And, and at the end of the day, like... <laughs> they're not, they're not performing, uh, when they're in those shoes, they're just, they're just walking around. And, 
I think that's going to be, you know, something that hopefully we can raise awareness about as well. Yeah. One, I mean, one of the reasons, I mean, I've always like had a, um, obsession with shoes since I was a kid, but, um, now I feel like there's certain shoes. I try to get shoes that are zero drop obviously for, um, alignment reasons, but, uh, I'll find a pair of shoes that I really like that aren't barefoot that my feet feel really good in that my toes can actually splay in. And I'm like, okay, these are a great alternative. And then I have other shoes that I'll put on. And I'm like, I had gotten some shoes a couple of weeks ago and I put my foot into it and I was like, I, like I can't, my feet feel terrible in here. So they went to goodwill, but <laughs> just trying to make, yeah, the smart decisions and be in, uh, be in shoes that make my body feel good. Awesome, mate. Well, yeah, I guess the last question I'd like to leave you with that I've been leaving with all the athletes is yeah, why, why did you get on board? Why did you want to partner with the Foot Collective and what would your message to other athletes, uh, you know, upcoming athletes or, or their kids be, uh, yeah, for why you believe in this movement? Uh, I just think it's, it's very helpful for athletes and for people, even who aren't athletes, for um, to move right, especially as you age. Um, I think it's kind of common in our society. I know I'm probably guilty of this as well in, in certain areas to just wait for something to be a problem before you try to fix it. And there's ways to be proactive and especially, um, with, with your feet, it's, it's, uh, relatively kind of easy to just make smart decisions. The next time you're shopping for a pair of shoes and try out a pair of shoes and, or, um, or just add in some barefoot exercises and go barefoot around your home or in your backyard. Um, it's another thing, but obviously grounding is great for you as well. Um, but that's, we could probably do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. Might not be your guy for that one. That but, one's upcoming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, and also for me, like when I was younger, I wish I would have had, um, you know, a company like you guys to, to learn from or to be like, Oh wow, I'm having foot pain. What can I do to fix it? Um, and that's probably the coolest thing about where we're at in today's society. Like you can go on you if you're a kid or no, how matter old, no matter how old you are, you can go on social media or YouTube and look up videos and learn so much about whatever you're dealing with or whatever you're trying to improve. Um, that's like awesome. And I, like when I was a kid, we didn't really, internet was just becoming a thing. So we didn't really have that, but, um, there's like infinite ways to, to learn and improve now. And, um, that's why I think what you guys are doing is great. And you're hopefully helping millions and millions of people on, um, their foot health now, but also, you know, you'll see ankle, hip, knee, joint, a lot of different ailments improve because like we've been talking about it, it starts with, with the ground. And, um, that's why I also, I'm like a huge advocate for, for walking. Like even if you, if you don't like weightlifting or you don't like, um, working out, just go on walks. It's so good for you to get out in nature, just to let your mind go and, um, and great for your feet. And it's, we're, we're meant to walk a lot. So, um, that's been a, that's always a priority for me. Couldn't agree more. Well, Mitch, thanks so much for joining us on the Restore to Explore podcast. Uh, yeah, mate, very excited to hear how it all goes with Thank you for having me, two. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really, uh, really grateful thank for, you. for you taking the time. We'll chat soon, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Restore to Explore podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review wherever you're listening. That's the best way to support us and to help us reach more people. 
If you're after more free TFC education or training, looking for any of our TFC tools, natural footwear discounts, or you want specialized guidance on your foot health journey from a trusted TFC health professional, head to thefootcollective.com. All of the important links are in the show notes of the episode.